the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Faith Talk Live, brought to you by Phoenix Roasters. And now here's your cream and sugar, Rick Probst and Dan Ratcliffe. Look out, it is the Tuesday edition of Faith Talk Live. I am Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. Happy Tuesday. No Megan Morgan Lavigny. She is in the uh, ever-going promotions meeting. Oh, Lord. Where Poor Morgan. She'll hear definitely today. And another thing. <laughs> Here, let me use her mic uh, since her mic. Oh, okay. Let me uh, turn it on for you there. Hey. Oh, listen to you over there. This wow. mic. We've got to. Can it's, we switch these out? I'm Let's switch what. these mics out. That one's got some boom to she it. She doesn't it? need a mic like this, <laughs> right? No, she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. It is Tuesday. I noticed you ran into our guest, uh, Tyler Reagan. Yes, I did. Uh, Tyler Reagan uh, from The Life Giving Company and author of The Life Giving Leader. We've had Tyler on a number of times. Remember, was it what, three, four years ago at Catalyst? Yeah. Uh, he was putting that all together, him and his team, and uh, we had a few minutes with him. He was amazing. He is amazing, and we've had him on uh, to talk about Catalyst, and now he's doing new and exciting things, and so we'll find out all about that. He's got his kids in a new school, so we can ask him about that and all kinds of fun stuff. I noticed, uh, I saw him in the hallway uh, and pointed at him. Yeah. Uh, he looks the same. I mean, he, he doesn't is. age. I don't know what he's drinking. but I don't either. Maybe it's something from Colorado. Who knows? But, Today yeah. is, maybe it's bacon. Maybe bacon. it's bacon smoothies. Bacon's good for you. Today is National Bacon Day. Have you had any bacon? I haven't, but today? I need to. No. Have you sh- shook your bacon? <laughs> Are you I shaking your, your bacon? <laughs> I'm not shaking my bacon right now. <laughs> you got to have bacon today. What's the strangest thing uh, that you, you've uh, had bacon on or with? Uh, well, I did have, uh, we went to a candy shop one time and they had chocolate covered bacon. And to me, that was a little strange, but I guess some people like it cause it's the sweet and the salty together. Remember when we had bacon on that, um, what was that? A donut? Well, yes, we did yeah, that. bacon on a donut, which I'm not was a Was it a donut? Of. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a maple bacon donut. I kind of like that. Yeah. I don't know that I'd want to eat that every day. Uh, I probably so, wouldn't eat it. Could you eat bacon every day? I could. You could eat bacon every day. I love day. bacon. I love bacon on a hamburger mm. um, and bacon with eggs. Bacon with pancakes. <laughs> bacon with bacon. With bacon uh, all kinds of stuff. Bacon with my licorice. Yes. It's also National Radio Day. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. On Facebook, every single disc jockey that I know is posting pictures when they first started. Oh, uh, really? I need to do that. I Well, I don't know if I have a picture of when I first started, actually. The first gig you had? Well, where was that? Was uh, that uh, the news station? First gig I had, no, it was, uh, was KTXT Radio, the uh, Texas Tech radio station. That would have been the first gig KTXT, I had. KTXT, yeah, Dan have any, Radcliffe. No cool jingles like that. Do you no. want me to do you a uh, one of those uh, like I did for... Um, for Sam Davis. For Sam. Ask Sam Davis. Ask Dan Radcliffe. <laughs> Wait a minute, where's... Oh, I, I had the... Uh, did you lose it? Well, I had the one that we did yesterday, but now it's gone. Apparently. I think I deleted that one. Uh, it wasn't as good. Uh, what okay. did I say? How Hollywood How are Hollywood you? How Hollywood are you? Yeah, that's for, it. Um, 
for K Dot. Oh, wait a minute. Here we go. All right. There we go. I could do that to ask Dan Ratcliffe. I like that. Or, hey, it's Dan Ratcliffe. Or, hey, Dan Ratcliffe. I was working at a rock station and they gave us these. They had, actually, it was Randy Reeves did the uh, little shouts that you would play at the end of a commercial break. Rick Probst. Yeah, it was Rick Lee yeah, back then. That, Lee, I used okay. my middle name because mm-hmm. I had a program director who said, Nobody can understand Probst. You can't <laughs> say that on the radio. Uh, oh where now we're just more, you know, real. So we yeah. can give our, like, Radcliffe. Did you always use Radcliffe? Uh, at one point I tried to use uh, Roberts. Um, which Dan just, Roberts? I, yeah, I just never got used to it. And then somebody wanted me to be Dan O'Brien at one <laughs> I like station. That, Dan O'Brien. Yeah, uh, but how about know. Dan the Man? Dan the, the Man. man. <laughs> no, I've never been that. <laughs> That's reserved for sales weasels. Yeah, sales weasels. I know it's them when I hear that. There's a specific sales weasel. Uh, when we hear her say Dan the Man, we we try to hide. We run. Don't we? <laughs> <laughs> we run. Yes, that means work. <laughs> Uh, strange people you worked with in 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 radio. This oh. this strangest. Do, you how think. long don't do mention, we have? Don't mention any <laughs> names. Don't mention any names. But. How long do we have? Oh, there's been plenty of strange people. Uh, usually engineers are the strangest ones. Engineers. But, uh, yeah, 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 they are strange not train people. engineers. Radio no, engineers. Ra- radio engineers. They're, they're cut out. Breed. They're cut out of the same cloth, aren't they? Yeah, they Those are. Those guys. They're different. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and they and their children, their offspring are t- IT people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. Move. <laughs> I had a guy that I worked with his second uh second station and he must have been he was probably in his late fifties, but you know, I was twenty one, so I thought he was like a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> and um he'd been doing the morning show since the fifties, I think. And it was back in the days when people smoked in the studio. Oh, yeah. So he was there, and uh, I remember the first day, because I relieved him. I was the midday guy. So I came in, and I saw all these little funny, little look like worms all over the board, the desk. Yeah. And I thought, what is that? And here he would smoke while he was talking on the on, oh on the radio, yeah. and he could get an ash at least, I don't know, about two, three inches, and it would hang. Wow. And then they would fall. And then he wouldn't clean up. Uh, he'd, he'd go out, and I had to clean up. And he was an engineer as well as being on the air. He was everything. Wow. He was back in the day of a small market. You know, they did everything. They they sold. They did radio. They Man. did the show. They, you know, they did everything. Then we, yeah, we the had, studio had, uh, smelled terrible back then because I, I worked in one where people smoked, and it was just awful. <laughs> uh, it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I don't miss those days. No. I remember when they said uh, you couldn't smoke anymore because it was bad for the equipment. Yeah. And not, not bad for your health. It's yeah. bad for the equipment. They didn't care about they didn't care about the air staff. No, no they just didn't. the equipment. Um and it was weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah. Everybody had to smoke, you know, out back. Right. I guess. Uh, with left handed cigarettes. That's what we usually did. <laughs> anyway, so um I'm national left-handed. National Radio Day. Do you remember your first radio station that you listened to? When you were a First kid? one I listened to? Yeah, yeah. Was... Um, probably the one that my parents listened to, which probably would have been KVIL in Dallas, oh, Texas. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a, that's a, uh, it changed, uh, changed It's no longer and... there. Yeah, it's, uh, I think they've changed, actually changed the call letters and everything. KVIL. Now, but... It was a classic rock station at one time. Uh, yeah, in, and in then the it 80s was kind of more AC. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, but uh, yeah, my parents listened to it all the time. 
Uh, you, you just got a text from your son Joshua, and he sent you a tongue twister. Yeah. Do you still have that? Can you do that tongue twister? I will it? certainly try to. I'll have to do it slowly. Let me All see right. here. Yes, be um, careful, because I think we could uh, get in trouble from the FCC if you say some of those words too quickly. Yeah, well, he, he learned in drama today that this is the world's hardest tongue twister. The sixth sick sheik's sixth <laughs> sheep's sick. There you go. I have to do it slowly. Can you say it again? No. <laughs> <laughs> the sixth sick sheik's Sixth sheep's sick. Hey, if you can say that better than Dan, faster, quicker, uh, call and three Shamsa. times in a row. Call, call Shamsa. Shamsa 404-995-7300. Why do we say three times in a row? Because uh, it makes it even harder. Because you got the script, 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 script. like Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. That was actually pretty easy, but yeah, yeah. it's the one about the seashore and Susan. Sally sells seashells down by the seashore. Yeah, she. Where's your God now, Moses? Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of smartphones, uh, it's a good. It's really cool that we have smartphones and phones that we can, you know, connect with our our kids while they're in school. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. yeah uh, by the way, Joshua, why are you not paying attention in class instead of texting? That's Elijah. Elijah does the same thing, and he gets in trouble all the time. In fact, have you ever taken Joshua's phone away? Oh uh, yeah. It's like uh, it's like I I kicked a puppy or something if I take his phone away. When I take Elijah's phone away, this is what he sounds like. Listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he sounds no, like. That's what I. Oh, that's, that's what, what I you sound, sound like. like. All right. Where, what, oh, you know, it's that one that I forgot to put on here. Oh, thank you, Dan. <laughs> Never so mind. <laughs> okay, I it, got so busy finding a correct was, audio cord yes, that I forgot. Thank about you. It, it yeah. was this. No. <laughs> I'll have All to right, find it. I did it better than. Or maybe uh, it's. <laughs> No, Let's that. ask Tyler Reagan if uh, he can hear um, the hot dogs must go on we, in we that, that song. And if there was room on the door ask for Tyler Jack. Reagan. All right. Well, I, I I don't know what I was going to say. I had I'm a story. Sorry. But sorry. Anyway, it's all right. Oh, uh, oh there's a, uh, a young girl named Dorothy. Her mom took all her, her uh, smart stuff away. Wait a minute. I do have it. <laughs> <laughs> it was there all the time. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. <laughs> Uh, I wish you would take your medication before the show. Uh, you know, maybe I will. Uh, Dorothy's mom took her stuff away, her smartphone, her Nintendo, so she couldn't tweet and text, and even her Wii. I, I didn't realize you could do that. Yeah. But Dorothy figured out that she could send tweets by her mom's smart refrigerator. And this is what she tweeted out. I don't know if this is going to tweet... I'm talking to my fridge. What the heck? My mom confiscated all my electronics again. LG Electronics, maker of the smart fridge, caught wind of Dorothy's story and started the hashtag, uh, hashtag free Dorothy, which has gone viral. <laughs> I'm sure her mom really appreciates <laughs> LG being on. So where was her she side? talking? Like up the uh, up the 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 ice cube thing? <laughs> Hello, is this thing on? <laughs> That's funny. Wow. Boy, that's like an addiction right there when you have to go to the refrigerator to tweet to out your, your stuff, right? Yeah, please. Good uh, life. All right, let's do this. Let's move right along. Uh, let's do it quickly, shall we? Tyler <laughs> okay. Reagan in the green room. We know. We've seen him, and he's going to talk about uh, the life-giving company, his book, and we're going to talk a little bit about Catalyst as well. We'll be right back from the Phoenix Roaster Studio in Bucket. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. We'll be right back. Stay there. Faith Talk Live, brought to you by Phoenix Roasters. And now here's your cream and sugar, Rick Probst and Dan Ratcliffe.
Love it. It is the Tuesday edition of Faith Talk Live. I am Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. Happy Tuesday. The man that never ages to the left of me, Tyler Reagan. <laughs> uh, he is the life-giving company and author of Life-Giving Leader. And we met him, what was it, four or five years? No, it wasn't five. It was probably about four years ago. It's been a little while ago. At yeah. Catalyst. Yeah. Do you remember that? We had yeah. you there at the show. It was awesome. Yeah, it was at Lab Day, wasn't it? You guys yes. were yes, recording. Yes, it was, actually. Yeah. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And you've been on the show in the studio since uh, a few times. And uh, you're just rocking it. But you look, man, I don't know what you're drinking, but you look the same. I drink a lot of sweet tea and Coca-Cola. So, you know, when you're from Atlanta. I'm drinking the wrong thing. Man. <laughs> know, what am I doing? I people keep going for these diet drinks and water. And I'm yeah. like, why would you do that when this tastes so much better? You should you're write right. a book. That's, should. You should. The, the Tyler Reagan diet, diet. plan. Yes. Yeah, yes. my wife thinks that plan's not working as well as I do, so I've got to work on that a little bit. Awesome. It's good to see you. Good to see you guys. Rick, that beard is serious, Thank man. you. Isn't thank it? you. Thank you. Yeah. I might have Dan, to... have you given that a, a run before? You know, after it grows just about, like, as long as it is right now, it drives me crazy, yeah. so I can't do it. Yeah, I can't either. Yeah. Love it. Uh, well, let's do this. Let's catch up. Now, we talked a little bit about, obviously, cat. That's yep. where we met you. This is the twentieth, twenty-year anniversary. Can you believe that's that? crazy? Wow, it's crazy for me. I've been involved for seven years yes. too, and uh-huh. so you know, John Maxwell twenty years ago, Andy Stanley, Reggie Joyner, a few of those guys got together and said, "We want to make sure we serve the next generation of leaders well." And so for twenty years, we've been doing everything in our power, you know, to do that. And mm. uh, so the twenty-year anniversary is no different. We we've had a um, pretty neat thing. We've changed venues and gone back to the original place, which is North Point Community uh-huh. Church. And uh, we're going to host uh, host Catalyst Atlanta there instead of the arena. And uh, it's just kind of a neat move for us to talk about what the next season is going to look like uh, and what Catalyst uh, you know would look like for the next next 20 years. And, yeah. and that's been a lot of prayer over the last few years, just yeah. going, what, what does it look like? Does mm-hmm. the arena still serve the same purpose it yes. did in the past? And, and we just don't feel like it does. We yeah. feel like it's time for a new season. And um, and we've been praying about going to North Point for a while, and those guys have graciously welcomed us. And yeah. so it's going to be a lot of fun. We're we're excited about being there and just kind of it's it, it's kind of a full circle moment, you know. Yeah. You, think, you think it feels ahead. more intimate there? I it mean, does. So what, what's hard for people that have been only in Atlanta? Mm-hmm. Like we've done West Coast and churches at Mariners Church for for eleven years, twelve years, yeah. and so we know what that feels like. But if you've only been in the arena, you think, oh, it's going to be so different. Right? Like it is. It's actually better, in my opinion, because. Unless you have 12,000 people in that arena, mm-hmm. it feels different. Right. It doesn't yeah. feel as intimate. It doesn't feel as close. That's hard to do mm-hmm. when you're doing as many events as we've done in the past. And so to be able to go to a church and to be able to be at, in a place where you literally are going to be just walking the halls with everybody, you're in rooms together. Uh, we have we had a three-hour programming meeting yesterday just talking about how do we make sure, because it's east and west. and. Mm-hmm. Both rooms are going to have live speed. It's just going to be a constant, so nothing's overflow. It is everything's live. I mean, we're just wow. working really hard to make sure the experience is is fantastic. Cool. How, how wise is it to do stuff like that? To go, okay, let's let's think a minute here. Yep. We've been in the same place yep. for a number of years. It has served us well. We've had a, had huge capacity, but we're going to move it to North Point. Yeah, and so it's. I mean, you look at it and go. Well, wait a minute. We're moving it. Yeah. Why should we move it? Right, right. You know, but it's wise to do that to stretch, isn't it? It is, and and it's part of, you know, arenas. I mean, again, it's twelve thousand seats. Mm. Think think about any. It, it is hard to sell. Mm-hmm. You know, on average, tickets to leaders. I mean, it's not a cheap conference, and so to try to sell twelve thousand of those mm-hmm. in a year, like you could spend a fifth. 40, 50 person teams full year trying to do that alone. Mm-hmm. What we know is that as we've grown over the years, when it used to be the only event we did, it wasn't 
I'm not saying it wasn't hard, but it wasn't as hard. Right. Because that's the only attention. That's the only focus. And then we started doing one days. And then we started doing um, multiple two-day events. Well, now all of a sudden you've, you've cannibalized yourself in a sense. You're mm. pulling from all the same spaces. So for us to just kind of reset and go, we just want to continue to serve leaders well. And it creates a more sustainable model moving forward, which is what if we, you know, obviously we'll be in Atlanta but what if we wanted to move to a different church in the southeast and mm-hmm. try a little different city or something like that? And again, I don't know that's for sure. I just uh, I know for us it was the right move at the right time. And um, catalyst matters; it really matters in the kingdom. And so as we continue to fight for it and what it looks like next, and some of those things, um, we've just been going, Lord, give us insight on what is the next generation of leaders. What's gonna What's gonna serve them best? And who knows? In five years, it might not even be in a church. Maybe mm. it's somewhere else. Maybe it's smaller gatherings. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of prayer going into that right now. Tyler Reagan, not just because you're here. Uh, Dan and I have talked about it a number of times over the years. We've had the opportunity. Thank you very much uh, to be a part of, of Catalyst, a small part, but it's just the team. It's like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like, a, it's it's just running and it runs very, very well. Yeah. Uh, that's what we see from the outside. Yeah. You know, from the back, you know, the sweat and, you know, and logistics and lists and <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. But it's just well done. Yeah, yeah. And it's it, so much to that point. Uh, and I, I think we've talked about this, Dan. I know you and I have maybe mm-hmm. a little bit, uh, at least on Facebook, but... Uh, to the point I moved out of the president role back in December and, mm-hmm. and Daniel Klein and um, stepped into the CEO role. And then Chrissy Lyons, who's been our operations director for a long time, is now the VP of events. And so you see that same thing. You just you can you can create you hire well because they they're able to move in and, and not even skip a beat. And and so it's it's been uh, interesting to be able to step out of that position, even go part time in the last few months and mm-hmm. just continue to serve Catalyst while also doing kind of my own thing but it, it's to your point we've hired a great team mm-hmm. yeah and with the intention of this isn't about one of us it's not about it it's about a group you know, it's about a team has it been harder for you stepping out to go part-time or has yeah. it been harder for them going oh what do we do tyler's no, not here 100 <laughs> probably me uh it's probably because they it, we each have a role to play right but the job is to make sure that everybody can step in and, and own those different positions I, I had the luxury and i say it truly as a luxury and a gift of being able to kind of be out front in some ways and serve Catalyst in unique seats, have incredible relationships. But um, I didn't do a lot of the behind the scenes. I mean, this this team is, they, they right. know how to pull off events with excellence. And so probably my space has always been that programming creative space and, and thinking through content with people. So, no, I think for me it's been, um, you know, it's one of those things when, when you – um, since the Lord just kind of adjusting your role, mm-hmm. there's just a trust in that. There's a, um, there's a grace in that. And, and there's also a grieving in that. I, I remember mm-hmm. when I left Brownsbridge Church to go to Catalyst, mm-hmm. I had to grieve that identity. Mm-hmm. Like I was the service program director for eight years and started that church and was a part of that campus. And like I wasn't known as that anymore. All of right. a sudden this title or this position became an identity piece and I had to grieve that. Yeah. And so I would say I probably have walked through that a little bit of just grieving, man, it's different. My yeah. role's different. My um, position is different in the ways that I feel like it's completely the right thing. Um, and yet you just kind of have to walk through that. It's part mm-hmm. of life, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Are there people that you go to in, in, in times like that when you have to grieve a position? I mean, I don't know that there are books out there. How to grieve the position. Right. You, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe that's your next There's book. There's lots. No, it's not the next one. The next but one's who do different. You, who do you go to to say, hey, look, this was my identity for, you know, Browns Bridge, Catalyst, yeah. whatever, whomever, pastors, leaders, whatever, and then you're pulled out or you are asked to move, God calls you to move, 
Who do you yeah. go to? What do you do? I think there's a couple of things. One is, and I wrote about this in Life Giving Leader, is just that uh, you got to have good friends. You mm-hmm. can't be a life giving leader without good friends yeah. in your life. I know, I know professors in seminary that I went to, and they don't have any friends. Mm-hmm. They've gotten to their 60s, and, and they literally didn't spend any time on developing those relationships. Um, honestly, it's one of the things I think for me the last five years I've kind of put on the back burner in ways that I don't mean to. Right. And I, I've been trying to go to my friends and go, no, no, we're going to go fishing together. We're mm. going to. I feel like I've said no to nine out of ten invitations over the last few years, and it's like I, I want to switch that. I want to. I want to be able at least do eight out of ten. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go one direction better. But uh, some of my really close friends who know me, who aren't connected, who aren't on staff allow you to process life a little bit and 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 process and the other thing i would say is um one of the groups that i'm super close with the guy that runs it uh, miles adcox is a good friend it's called onsite up in nashville and it's a therapeutic retreat center and so if there's hmm. i went uh, last january and it it was really powerful for me to spend a week on uh, you know, and there are people that go to onsite and they need a 2.0. They they got to start over they're, yeah. or they, they're they they're hanging on for dear life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a group of us that needed a 1.1, a 1.2. I want to work on this part of my life or this this thing that keeps tripping me up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I think things like that, a good counselor, a good third party who's emotionally disconnected. Yeah. Right, right. Who can go, hey, well, that sounds good or that sounds ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think between friendships and my family, obviously, and then Having some people to go to that are experts in emotion and, and health, that that would be really important. Mm-hmm. Tyler Reagan, he's also the author of The Life-Giving Leader. We had talked a few years back. You had this in your heart. I'm yeah. sure you had it scribbled down somewhere. Then you came on. You released it. How's the book doing? You know, it's it's good. I mean, I guess it's a leadership book, so it's um, it's kind of evergreen. So once it, it – it's not like it's super current, mm-hmm. you know, uh, current event specific. It mm-hmm. allows it to go – Hey, I like this. I'm going to take my team through it. And so, um, I'm, and what's fun now is being part time and allows me to, instead of side hustle being the book and some of that, it lets me be part of my job. And so, um, I think it's, I'm excited about where it's going. Have you had an opportunity to, uh, go to places and use that, uh, material? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All over. It's been fun. It's much needed. Well, let's do this. Let's take a uh, hard break. Uh, and, uh, Tyler Reagan is here and he's the founder of The Life-Giving Company, author of The Life-Giving Leader. We're going to talk about multi-generational leadership. Very, very interesting. We're going to talk about that. From the older the, I get, the better it is. <laughs> <I think. laughs> From the Phoenix Roaster Studio here in Buckhead, it is Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Rackliff. We'll be right back. Today. When you find yourself in a time of trouble... You've probably been listening to Faith Talk Live with Rick and Dan. Brought to you by Phoenix Roasters, coffee that matters. Look out, it is the Tuesday edition of Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. Rick, you're the sledgehammer. I am the sledgehammer. No, this guy to the left of me is (laughs) the the sledgehammer. sledgehammer. Tyler Reagan, uh, the life-giving company, author of The Life-Giving Leader. You can uh, check him out at lifegiving.co. And uh, coming up tomorrow, it is Ken Kington. It is Ken's Day, and tomorrow's the day that we bring Megan Morgan Lavigny. Oh, did you want me to? Yeah, yeah. And, Here we go. And Dalton Hill, yeah, her fiancé, he and they're going to ask those uh, deep relational questions to Ken Kington Because tomorrow. he is the guru he is of relationships. Guru, yes. He knows everything. So uh, join us for that. Then uh, on uh, Thursday, it is uh, Rebecca Brown. Is <laughs> 
Rachel Brown. Rachel, Rachel Brown. Brown. <laughs> Rebecca Brown's on Friday? <laughs> Rebecca Brown is not coming Where in this week. Where is Rebecca Brown? <laughs> We're not Anybody sure where she is. Anybody seen Rebecca? See, that's what I get for not writing it down. Yeah. I anyway, she's going to be back on uh, the show. And then October the 8th, it is the Pastors Appreciation Event. Pastor, we're inviting you. It's the Cobb Energy Center. Uh, Brian um, Brian Chapel. I almost said Brian Kilmeade. Brian Chapel is the <laughs> keynote speaker. Dan, I'm glad you're here to keep this thing in line. <laughs> you know the 70s. The 70s weren't good for me. I just want to tell you that right up you. front. <laughs> anyway, Pastor, you and your team sign up at faithtalkatlanta.com. All right, now let's get to the good stuff. Good stuff. That was good stuff. Yeah, thanks. Uh, we love having you here. Thanks for yeah. for hanging with us. And we're here. excited about the fishing trip that we're yeah. all going on. I can't wait. Either. When yeah. is that? September. <laughs> let's do it right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We really need to. Yeah, uh, you've got a lot of great stuff that uh, you're talking about. Yeah. It's fresh. It's about uh, multi generational leadership and taking over uh, something that someone else started. Yeah. Wow. How many pastors and leaders? It's a very have big issue that? these days. Yeah. That is a tough road to hoe. Yeah. Where do you want to begin? Uh, well, so that's my next project. You know, life giving leader was um, just kind of my general thoughts on leadership, just mm-hmm. the idea that how we lead affects people around us, especially in the faith-based community. Mm-hmm. And, and the, all of us know people who haven't walked away from Jesus because of Jesus. They've walked away because of those of us that represent Jesus. And that's mm-hmm. a big deal yeah. mm-hmm. to me. And so how you lead is a big part of that. And so that's really what life-giving leadership's about is which way is life flowing? Is If you're not leading well, you know that you're taking it from the people around you. Mm-hmm. The, the correct flow should be from you to those around you. The next project for me... Um, Man, it's due in January, so I got to get get rolling on that. <laughs> no but, pressure. <laughs> uh, it, it right now it's kind of the working idea of how do you inherit influence. And for years, I've always said building a team from scratch is very different than inheriting a team. Mm-hmm. Like when you take over a group of people that have an expectation, a mm-hmm. stereotype mm-hmm. of this, that, and the other, that's a completely different leadership skill set. And uh, that's one of the things I've done. You know, with when, when I moved into the catalyst role about six, seven years ago. I inherited it from Brad Lominick, who inherited it from John Mack. You know, I mean, it's like we're, we're representing John's legacy, mm-hmm. Andy Stanley's legacy, some of these other people. So stepping into that, and on top of that, Brad Lominick, who grew it for eight to ten years, how do I take in? What does that look like? What's my leadership? Um, and a lot of times, if you're not comfortable in your own skin, that's really hard mm-hmm. because you're going to try to fold, fit and mold into or fold, if you put those two words together. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, it, you're going to try to fit within what they did and how they did that well because it was so loved. And yet you've got to find your own song. You know, you got to find your own sound for those moments. How long do you wait? How you know? So I'm really just going to dive into that, do a bunch of case studies with leaders across the you know, the the globe with different types of not just ministries, which mm-hmm. obviously ministries, the number of leaders that are trying to transition churches to their kids or to um, the next leader. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't go well. I mean, that, that, that doesn't have a lot. Yeah. So what what would you say you learn and just having kind of wrapped up your time with Catalyst? What what did God teach you about leadership that you're going to take with you and, and pour into what you're doing here now? Yeah. At, at the end of the day, and, you know, I'm still um I'm still serving with Catalyst, right, you know, right. for a season, and and uh, I'm grateful for it. That's why, you know, you guys being the Phoenix Roasters studio, I'm like, Phoenix Roasters exist because they were sitting at Catalyst yeah, years yeah. ago, and God yeah. stirred their hearts. And I love that those stories. I want to do more of that. With the biggest difference is instead of uh, coming to what I do, I get to go to what they do. And mm-hmm. so there's there's a you know a couple organizations I'm going to help with um, just leadership coaching of their team and programming and creative, which is the background for me. Um, and and that comes back back to your question, which is I really feel like a couple of the things that God's taught me mo- more than anything is the importance of leadership, mm-hmm. the importance of leadership in the local church, 
Um, it's interesting. There's a lot of opportunities for me in, in, in the life-giving stuff uh, to go to businesses and do that in a very, you know, normal business perspective. And it and it's good. But what I continue to ask the Lord is I don't want to just do that. Yeah. I love the kingdom. I love the church. And so I just I'm trying to find that balance, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere to keep doing that. So it's a combination, too, of just. Uh, being in front of leaders, being in front of churches, speaking at a church, very rarely will I speak on a Sunday and not stay and do staff meeting on Monday. Mm-hmm. That, that to me is my sweet spot. Yeah, That's my yeah. favorite thing to do. Yeah. Is like, I don't mind. I love speaking to a big church or to a, a, an audience, a, a larger audience, but where I really thrive is when I get to sit with their staff mm-hmm. and start going, hey, what you do matters day in and day out. How you do it matters just as much. Now, one of the principles that I talk about in Life Giving Leader, but it's also very very important for this multi-generational conversation is the counterfeit win that a good product with a bad process is a counterfeit win. Mm. And so a lot mm. of companies have great product, but no, they can't retain talent. They can't keep people in the building because yep. their process is a joke. Mm-hmm. And yet they're going, Oh yeah, but we're, look at us. We made this much profit. Yeah. Well, how much more would you make? Yeah. If you how get much time are you taking to yes. retrain everybody? And there is and, yeah. so much yeah. research about the cost to losing talent mm-hmm. yes, from entry level all the way to senior C-suite folks. Yeah. And I mean, the one, one article I read said, if you lose a C-suite, you know, senior executive, go ahead and count about 250% on top of their annual salary to replace them. Wow. wow. My gracious. Wow. And, but people don't, they think, Oh, leadership is soft skills. Leadership. We'll get to that. When the economy goes down, first thing we cut is what leadership development. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, we'll get to that. We got to make sure, you know, the engine turns. Well, I hate to break it to you, but that engine ain't going to turn mm-hmm. if you don't have people turning the engine. Yeah. And so it's just, it's a little bit of all those things. And, and I'm, um, I'm more passionate than I've ever been about the church. Mm. I believe in it. And we're watching people walk away from it at, at staggering rates. Mm. Yeah. And the next generation, emerging generation, they have very different thoughts on what it should look like mm-hmm. and what it should be. And so spending a lot of time thinking through that, listening to others who are studying that, that's a big part of what um, I want to continue to do. Mm. The life-giving company, Tyler Reagan, and he's talking a little bit about the book that's coming out in January. And well, it's uh, not coming out in January. Come on now. Whew, no, isn't it? i got to turn it in in January. <laughs> turn it in. <laughs> he turns it in in January. Yeah, 2021. And we'll talk about it on our fishing trip with Tyler, which is <laughs> coming up in, like in, in September. So when you go to a leader, whether yeah. they be a corporate leader, a ministry leader, and just like you said, you, you take a senior, a key senior lead, yeah. and you're not just talking about 200 grand a year, you're talking about you know more than that. Does that get their attention? Say, look, let's look at the loss first. Yeah. When you don't think through what's going on, you have a great product, but you don't think through the process. Sure. Mm-hmm. Does that get there? Do they it has up? to, right? Yeah. Because most of them are pretty frugal or they wouldn't have a good business. And so when you when you start putting numbers around, I can sit and tell them all day, look, you got to do leadership development. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if you can't monetize that, if you can't put numbers around it, go, because that speaks the language of a lot of CEOs and a lot of companies and a lot of churches for that mm-hmm, matter, mm-hmm. is they're going, whoa, wait, wait a second. You know, I was with a company not too long ago and they, they're so proud of themselves because they're crazy frugal, but they had one of the worst retention rates I've ever seen hmm. for staff. And they're like, yeah, we've never done massive layoffs. I'm like, you don't have to. <laughs> they do it for Everybody's you. Everybody's walking away. Hey, congratulations. You know, yeah. and, and so it's one of those things where it's like, man. And then that's why the idea of life giving, that works in the business space, that works in the nonprofit space, and it works in ministry. Like, who doesn't want to bring life to the people that have been entrusted to you? Right. Yeah. Whether that's a faith-based conversation or not. And so what I believe is that, yeah, when they start sensing, gosh, we're losing, literally, money is being thrown out the door mm-hmm. because we're not investing. So so invest, 
a hundred thousand dollars this year at a big company and return a million. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's it it just doesn't make. Now we've got to get the logical side of them to connect with their heart and go. You know, at the end of the day, we're all humans and we need good relationships and we need to create great leaders so that we can continue to grow this business. Yeah, and I I love the name of of your company, the Life Giving Leader. Because, I mean, to me, that it shows the, a leader who cares, a yeah. leader who's like Jesus, a servant leader who cares about the people that they work for. Because I, I think so many people in corporate America just feel like um, I, the people above me don't care about me. That's They're right. just there to make money. Yeah. Well, and there's a, you know, I read a, I've quoted this from an Inc. Magazine article about four years ago that said um, 65% of people would take a new boss over a pay increase. Mm. But mm. we all think it's about money. It's yeah, not. No. Because you know, if you make, great money but you don't like the people you work with and you're miserable every day when who, you go to who work who cares yeah who cares and and i don't want my legacy as a boss of not being it, it being one of those numbers yeah where people are like well i'd much rather i'd much rather get a new boss than a pay increase or you know i'd rather get a new job yeah i mean most people leave because they don't find a job with somebody that they believe cares for them mm-hmm. and maxwell and a million other people have said people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care mm-hmm. it's not hard there's yeah. not a lot of science around this in the sense of if you take care of people, your influence will grow. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see much other way around that. Yeah. And and that, to me, I don't want there to be another way around that. Yeah. We've also seen, we've heard that uh, employees that uh, that are part of something that's pretty amazing, but their voice is not heard. Sure. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that it's going to just change the company's direction and yep. make multi-billions of dollars, but it's just that Hey, my computer is running slow, yeah. and I would really—I love what I do. That and doesn't I, this happen personal, here. right? This isn't personal, Rick. Where are we going here? <laughs> I guess I won't be here tomorrow. <laughs> but you know, it's the little yeah. things. I don't have the tools. I want to be I, heard. Yeah, yeah. I don't have the tools that I need to to finish what I'm passionate really sure. want to do. Uh, that's uh, that's a major that's a major point, isn't it? I think so. And, and uh, I was listening to an art, uh, a podcast the other day with Craig Rochelle. He mm-hmm. interviewed a guy named Jason Dorsey. Jason's a millennial who has become a millennial researcher. He just recently spoke at Global Leadership Summit on how do you uh, on this multi generational conversation. One of the things he said I thought was incredibly insightful, which is uh, for if you're a young leader who's serving an, an a next generation or a generation ahead, maybe a leader. Mm-hmm. One of the keys is learning how they like to communicate specifically. And so, and, and I've said this for years and, and I'm not the only one that said it, but if you, let's deal with conflict for a second. If, if I'm going to deal with conflict, but I approach somebody wrong, mm-hmm. I'm no longer right. I right. can be right in what I'm supposed to say. I'm trying to make a point, but I communicate incorrectly. I'm not right anymore because mm-hmm. they're not hearing me anymore. Mm-hmm. They, we're losing the battle of that conversation. I think it's the same thing in workplaces where you might want to be heard, but you might not have approached it correctly. Right. And so if you learn, I'm, you know, I'm a Gen X and yeah. nobody really talks about Gen X a whole lot, right? We're, but yeah, we're, we're awesome people. Thank you very but much. But we are the workforce, <laughs> right? We, we are the, yeah. the, the cog in the middle of the wheel for the workforce in America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's our generation right now. You boomers are are starting to f- retire hey, and move. Yeah, I gotta <laughs> grow, go. I don't oh, know, man. grow beards, yeah. things like that. <laughs> but what I know is that how probably Dan and I like to communicate is probably different than what the next generation, mm-hmm. the way they're communicating. So yes. learn the way your boss likes to communicate. Mm. I hate email with a passion. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody sends me an email, I have a harder time. I actually have a friend who, um, for some reason, he won't respond via text. He'll send me 
a response to the text via email. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm never going to respond to you. Right. Like, what? This is not going to work for us. I like to text. I've told people, like, it's it works for the way my it brain works. For, it works for me. I love it. And, yeah. and, and you could send me an email. I see that as like a to-do list. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't feel that way with a text. Right. Yeah. I feel like right. I can respond when it's on my time and when I have the opportunity. You're speaking my language. That's right. Thank you very much. And so, but <laughs> a lot of young leaders, that's not how they communicate. Yeah. And so they're not trying to learn me, so to speak. They're trying to get me to do what they do. And it is a vice versa thing. Mm-hmm. As, an, as the leader of a, a group, I should learn how to communicate with them. However, yeah. there should be a give and take. Yeah. And by the way... I'm signing the check. I'm not saying this is. <laughs> I'm not saying this is current reality. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying, if it were, yeah. like that's that's how that works, you right, know. Right. So I, I do oh, think man. to be heard well and to be seen, but that is a leader's job. Yeah, is to make sure people are seen and heard. Mm. Oh, so good. good uh, Tyler Reagan, the uh, Life Giving Company. He's the author of the Life Giving Leader. Go to lifegiving.co to find out more. We'll be right back. I'm Rick Probst. and I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This is Faith Talk Live. Live from the Phoenix Roaster Studio, it's Rick and Dan on Faith Talk Live. The choice of discriminating listeners throughout greater Atlanta. And also those who tuned in by mistake. Love it. It is the Tuesday edition of Faith Talk Live. I am Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. Have, uh, hope you're having a great Tuesday. We are having a great Tuesday. Tyler Reagan in the uh, studio. One more segment with him. we got to get him back. And I'm um, pretty pumped about this fishing trip. It's going to be just, awesome, I just texted my wife. <laughs> I didn't Snapchat or Instagram or Instachatter or yeah. Grandma. <laughs> not sure you guys were talking. Face slam or something yeah, like that. Yeah, not going, sure but we're is, pretty yeah. excited about it. We'll, we'll pick up on multi-generational leadership and uh, more you can follow uh, Tyler at lifegiving.co, and he, he can give some more stuff uh, if he wants to, social media. Uh, coming up tomorrow, Ken Kington, Ken's Day, and uh, Dalton Hill with uh, Megan Morgan Lavigny. They'll mm-hmm. talk about relationships. They're going to get married. They haven't said a date yet, but Not yet. Uh, they're going to ask those Coming soon to a chapel near you, deep sure. questions. Or uh, a barn or something like something that. Something like that. And uh, speaking of Phoenix Roasters, you had mentioned that uh, Phoenix Roasters, we actually... I don't think we knew those guys before Catalyst, did we? No, we met no, them we at met Catalyst, Catalyst for sure. Yeah, we were yeah. at Catalyst drinking Phoenix Roasters coffee. We went upstairs. We were downstairs mm-hmm. at that that day, and we went upstairs. And all of a sudden, I mean, they're passionate about their product. They yeah. are passionate. Right. I don't like coffee, and they have been trying for five years to get me to find something <laughs> that they like. Greg, yeah, just told told us the story, yeah, and he went on and on and on. It was good stuff, and Brian showed up, and the coffee was good, yeah. And ever since then, uh, it's been we love those guys. It's history. Yeah. So yeah. they're proud sponsors. We appreciate those guys. Hey, real quick, we need yes. to uh, talk about Overcomer the movie because oh! it comes out this Friday. Oh, I forgot about. Uh, yeah, I know. We uh, we, we saw again. <laughs> glad Dan's in the room. Glad <laughs> Dan's in the room. Yeah, we, we saw the uh, kind of sneak preview a couple mm-hmm. of months ago, but it is coming out this Friday at a theater near, theater near you, the new Kendrick Brothers movie, and it is phenomenal. It's a really great movie. Some great people in it, like Cameron Arnett, uh, Priscilla Shirer, and of course, uh, Alex Kendrick. Yeah. Well, actually, both the Kendrick yeah, brothers. Yeah, they're both in, in there. So, so, yeah, be sure and go see it. Uh, take your whole family, take your uh, small group, whatever, and go see Overcomer this weekend. It's overcomermovie.com. Tyler Reagan uh, talking about uh, leadership, and he does it oh so well. Uh, he's touching something that is it's a necessity, really. It's multi-generational mm-hmm. leadership. And I love what you were talking about, the 
uh, and forgive me because I, I've lost the letters now because I'm almost 60. So it's Gen X, it's the Zs, is there something Millennial, the, Gen X, Millennials, and Gen Zs. Yeah. Correct. And yeah. if you're someone that has those guys, girls in your office, you've got to learn how to communicate That's with them. That's a big them. piece of it, for sure. Yeah, now, for me, I'm text. I, I don't care for email. Right. I still have old school people that go, it's email. I said, right. nobody's looking at your email. Right. I'm done with email. But these younger guys, it may not be text. It may be social media. So yeah. somebody that's leading, they've really got to be savvy and to know how to communicate with their team to keep them. And you mentioned about talent coming in and then going on. Yeah. We've talked to corporations that have done that. Some just kids that come in and they they could really rock the planet for yeah. your company, but they're dissatisfied. Yeah. They're, they're not heard or they're not allowed to grow and they move along. And yep. it's like, wow, we could have done something here. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah. Well, I think there's a big part of that, too. One, uh, I mentioned that podcast earlier, but one of the things that Jason um, Dorsey mentioned is that there is a crazy amount of importance on onboarding and on that first day experience. Mm-hmm. So a lot of young leaders, when they come into the, you know, I remember talking to one of my young teammates one time and, and um, they were processing a decision. And I remember saying to him, listen, this decision is not a forever home decision. You know, you watch HTTV and these right. people are like, this is my forever home. Talking about. <laughs> like, is that real life? Yeah. Is anybody? I mean, yeah. other than people that don't want to move, like yeah. life kind of happens, right? Mm-hmm, and right. so, I just my point to them was: this decision is not a life or death decision. Mm. God's good either way. Um, we've been going to Passion City Church, and Louis Giglio did a series in January where he talked about purpose, and he talked about the fact that you, if the purpose of our lives is to know God and to make Him known, Scripture makes that really clear, mm-hmm. and you can do that in Nebraska. And you can do that in Oregon. If the decision you're weighing does that, yeah, then it's probably a good decision. And if there's two options that do that, then God's going to go with you. You know, he's going to go yeah. with you right. in those scenarios. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I think about that when it comes to you've got a lot of young leaders, their first job, their first real job, day one, they need to know. Like they're going to have this mindset of this is the dream, this is the thing, this is whatever. So there is a lot of weight on that. And mm-hmm. I think so many of us think about your first day on multiple jobs. It's not good. Yeah. I don't know where to park. I'm nervous. I'm anxious. What should I do for lunch? Should I bring my lunch? Should yeah. I think about that? Am I wearing the proper attire? Am mm-hmm. I? And so that one of the things he mentioned is that there's a lot of need for like YouTube videos that you send maybe the week before they start. From the boss that That's says, good. hey, here's here's some dress code options. Here's the things we want you to know about the first day. We're so excited to hear you. Um, learn them a little bit. It's not hard to learn the next generation. You know why? Because they put it up online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I'm serious. Right. Like, we do you're that right. with speakers a lot of times for Catalyst. We, uh, we want to add a little touch of just special uh, to their gift or something when they come. I'll just go. We'll go research online. What do they love? What do they mm. pay attention to? What are they talking about? Mm. Because then it allows you to gift them well. Yeah. And and, it, and the same thing, when somebody new starts at your company and they're young, maybe this is their first job out of college. Let's make sure we present, hey, we're really glad you're here. This is a big deal for us that mm. you said yes to us. I think that's that mindset too. So many leaders have been like, well, you're lucky to work with us. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. They could pick other places. Yeah. Like people, yes, they work for you for a paycheck, but they have to want to be there yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they can go somewhere else yeah. and so um i think it's just going back to the idea and from a faith-based perspective that day in and day out you are looking eyeball to eyeball with someone who's made in the in the image of our creator mm. if you can't accept that idea then being a life-giving leader is not going to happen right 
because you have to recognize that everybody you come contact with has value, no matter how young, mm-hmm. old, or indifferent. I think we've got to talk about the other side too. Like as people are, um, as boomers are retiring and moving to, they're still going, but I want a place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. want to feel valued. I don't want it to just be about the next generation because all of a sudden, what about me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've, we've got to figure that out. We've got to con- continue to create working places where there is healthy multi-generational leadership because let's get them in coaching, mentoring. What does that look like to walk alongside some of these young leaders? The number one thing I hear when I'm with organizations is the next generation is just not professional. Mm. We'll teach them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Who's exactly. teaching them if not us? Nobody. So, <laughs> yeah. That is so good. Life giving leaders. How, how can people find you? We're about to run out of time here. Yeah. But. So, uh, you mentioned lifegiving.co and then just Tyler <laughs> at Tyler Reagan, R E A G I N, on all the social medias. And uh, yeah. So, it's good times. Man, all right. Got to have you back. And then Catalyst Atlanta. Got to go to catalyst.com or catalystleader.com yep. to find out more about Atlanta. I got to right. go get some flies for my uh, fly rod. I'm going fishing. <laughs> Tell your <laughs> wife we need at least 45 minutes. <laughs> I'm going with Tyler Reagan. Look out. All right. Tomorrow's going to be a great. Great show. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This is Faith Talk Live. See you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.